And we're live. Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show at Daily Confidence. We share tips, strategies, and actionable advice that you can use and practice to boost your confidence when it comes to running your business on a daily basis. Today, I have a dear friend as my guest, Bill Prater. Welcome, sir. Great to be here, my good friend. Good to see you. So during this episode, we're talking about the four foundational principles for dynamic business growth, why you must focus on the vital few and ignore the trivial, trivial many, which is my favorite topic, the 80-20. I'm just a big fan of that. The most important thing a business owner can do to maximize productivity and how to build the foundation of your business before all else. Now, a few housekeeping items this Friday. We're doing a, uh, a training on how to build and create your one-page marketing plan for 2022. Um, New Year is just around the corner, and uh, uh, we're, I'm going to run this live workshop. We're going to be on Zoom, uh, and it'll be on Friday at 11 a.m. So if you're cre- interested in creating your strategy for 2022, take holidays knowing exactly what you're going to do you know, on the first day of January, well, not the first day, probably second or third day, I'll give you a day off. And then you can start building your business uh, from there. So the link is, if you're listening to this, is presio.com forward slash simple. Um, there won't be a replay, show up live, we're going to have fun, it'll be interesting. So my uh, guest today is Bill Prater. I have known Bill for a while now, let me do the proper bio. And we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. Bill Prater, founder and CEO of Business Mastery and the creator of Scaleology. Scaleology. And Bill earned his reputation as America's business alchemist by helping business owners and entrepreneurs break free of inertia, inertia and accelerate into the future they dream of. He loves nothing better than sharing what he has learned by working with those who are dissatisfied with the status quo and eager to transform themselves and their business. He created Scalology and the Business Mastery System as the core foundational principles of dynamic and continuous business growth. A typical client, client of his sees their economy or company rising to a position of preeminence and is not satisfied with just getting to the next level. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you introducing me in that eloquent fashion. Great to see you, my friend. Bill, where about are you? I am in Phoenix, Arizona. And what's the temperature there like? Fahrenheit right now, it's about 77 degrees. I mean, is that warm for you guys? That's, I don't that's, know. No, that's that is a plus beautiful. Uh, centigrade uh, would be a little bit lower number, but exactly the same feeling though. So it's not cold, as no, I gather. No, no it's right. not cold. It's Love cold it. in Calgary, but not cold in Phoenix. <clears throat> you know, this time this year has been surprisingly warm for Calgary for this time of year. Like it would be like minus 10, 15, 20 degrees Celsius which is pretty cool, freezing below zero. Um, but this year, it's like it was raining today. So um, yeah. we're waiting for the cold to come. I am waiting to go uh, for the lakes to freeze so I can go skate on them before Christmas. 
That's one well, of my good favorites. luck with the good luck with that. Yeah, my brother lives right down the road from you in northern Idaho, and he's told me the same story a little earlier today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we're talking about the four four foundational principles for dynamic business growth. Uh, but before we get into that, Bill, what is your story? How did you get into what you're doing now? Totally by accident. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I had founded uh, an investment banking firm, kind of a stupid thing to start from scratch, really jump into the deep end of the pool right off the bat. But investment banking, simplistically uh, stated, that's a, uh, a store where a business owner goes to get money. And so we raised uh, uh, debt and equity, you know, and typically five to 50 million dollar pieces ultimately raised about a billion seven hundred million dollars worth of uh, money and uh, then ultimately after a struggle which I'm sure we'll get into in a few seconds I uh, sold my business in 1999 and then went into my current business which is uh, business mastery consulting beautiful so you went to you went from investment banking into business consulting Right. And I mentioned that it was by accident. And uh, what had happened is that as I as we raised more and more money uh, for our clients, I got more and more frightened because I realized that our money was at risk and in the hand of people that were, in simple terms, average business owners. And so um, uh, my money was at risk. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, can I get it back? Would I make a return or my investors going to be unhappy? And that I was a very agonizing time, uh, Mustafa. And particularly uh, since uh, uh, I was trying to position my company for selling it too. So problems were increasing dramatically and everybody, uh, all my clients, all the consultants, all business schools, everybody I turned to said, every business is different. They all uh, they run their companies differently. And Bill, you just got to suck it up and realize that you're in a mess because you're involved in so many businesses. Well, I decided not to buy into that story. I, I just couldn't imagine that there would be that much differences, although that's the way I had grown up. I, my degree is in economics. So I've been in business since you know I was 18 years old, at a variety of levels. And then uh, one day I ended up, I guess, bawling to uh, in, in a trade show to a competitor. And she said to me, because uh, uh, she didn't know anything at all about my agony, but she knew that I was trying to grow my company and, uh, or position my company to be sold. And she told me, hey, Bill, you're you're trying to emulate the wrong people in the investment banking industry. Now, she could have said in the in the in the hospital industry, or she could have said in the consulting industry. Later on, I learned that what she was saying applied to everything. But she said, you're looking at the in the wrong places, Bill. You're looking at things called industry standards and norms and best practices and so forth. And instead, you've got to look at the, the very apex of the industry where the uh, leaders are and look at what they're doing and you'll find out they do not do the same things as the companies in the middle do. And uh, luckily, 
when I started with her permission, looking at her company and then others, I started realizing, oh, actually, I'm not that far away. I can actually re rebuild my business right now. And I was able to do uh, in about two and a half years, go from the middle of my industry to the near the top from a from a attractiveness standpoint. And I sold my business in 1999 to a large Wall Street investment bank. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, Bill, what do you do these days and who do you serve? So uh, I basically serve small to medium sized business owners that are fundamentally in the B2B space. Now, over the years, I've had a few that have sold directly to consumers, but generally these are companies selling goods and services to other businesses. And so that's my core avatar, if you will, or, or client. And But all of them have in common that they're privately held businesses. I've never been interested in and spend any time with publicly traded companies. Size-wise, uh, they range from really little, uh, sub $100,000 a year in revenue sometimes, uh, all the way up to some that are, from a private company standpoint, quite large, might get into the uh, low uh, $1 or $2 billion revenue range. So it's a huge spectrum, but in common, they're privately held businesses. Got it. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, um, and then again, just, just so that I'm clear, you help these businesses with their finances or there's more to it. And I'm sure there's more to it. Yeah, there, there's basically, uh, you know, a lot more to it. And, and the, and the core of what I do is first kind of breaking the paradigm that most business owners have about b growing a business. Uh, 95% uh, are trying to grow their business in totally the wrong way. So uh, uh, once I can get them to understand that what they're doing isn't working, uh, and frankly, the more seasoned Mustafa, the company owner is, in other words, by that I mean, the longer they've been frustrated with their lack of success, the more likely they're to believe me when I say, discard everything you've been told by by the if you will the geniuses within your industry who are telling you to do something things a certain way the more seasoned somebody is then they've experienced that and i don't have to explain it to them and they say okay i know what i'm doing isn't working i've got all the evidence in the world so that's kind of the yeah. common denominator that they have it's like they have convinced themselves to to move forward. They, they're convinced that their method is not working. <laughs> they've had enough time. Ideally, they've already convinced themselves because right. and, and often what, what that what has happened is that they've actually tried a whole bunch of things. You know, they 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 have certainly uh, if there are smaller service provider companies, uh, uh, one of the big lures is getting attracted into what's what you and I would call the Internet marketing space. And so they think, well, gee, internet marketing, I'd like to be on the internet. So uh, I'll go listen to those people and I'll do what they say. Well, uh, maybe, but normally the experiences most people have is it didn't work very well for them. And oftentimes it's a mismatch with their company and where they are 
and so forth. And once they have realized that the Patheron isn't working, then they're more open, uh, open to something else. Got it. Now, Bill, what are the four foundational principles that you talk about? Well, it's an acronym. It's actually an acronym that, that I created uh, to, to kind of simplify things for people. Because what I discovered is that, for example, business. Uh, uh, when you say, somebody says, I'm a business owner, they, it's, it's what I call a container word. So somebody's idea of what a business is isn't the same as somebody else's idea. And that can go on for a broad spectrum because there's a zillions of types of businesses. And yet the container word, when somebody hears it, they put it into, into their own uh, experiences and they say, well, I know what a business is. It's a, it's a coaching company. That's not a business, but they might think that. So I created um, an, an acronym, which I call IDEA, I-D-E-A. And it's the four foundational principles uh, of the um, of the model, which I call it's the name of my company too. But the model is called the Business Mastery System, I D E A. Uh, I is basically uh, to have an uh, um, a uh, imagination or a, a destination or a vision, but I. I narrow down the word and call it an intention. A lot of people will sort of dream up uh, where they want to go and it sort of a, a floats around loosely in their mind. So uh, for example, you know, some of our listeners may have been uh, looking forward someday to be a princess when they were in kindergarten. Well, that's kind of loosely, kind of loose and vague. And if you think about that, of all the people that think I'd like to be a princess, only a, only a few do that. And the few that do it end up converting that dream into an intention, meaning simply, I intend to become a princess and I'll do whatever it takes along the way to do the things necessary to become a princess. And at the very least, uh, if you weren't born into royalty, You've got to identify a potential prince, and then you got to figure out how to romance the prince. Then you got to figure out how to get the prince to propose to you, or vice versa. And then you've got to be able to say yes, get accepted by the royal family, and then you become a princess. A dream won't do that. It's the same with business. Uh, just thinking, wishing. Sorry, to interrupt, Bill. But that would be a hell of a course if you would sell that. <laughs> just, yeah, literally, yeah, just that much. And so so that's the I part. I just simply call it intention. All right. And so what does D stand for? So uh, now it's, it turns out we talk about ordinary companies and uh, ordinary companies, all, all, some, some of them, in fact, not all, unfortunately, but, but uh, they can talk to you about part one of this, and that is a marketing plan, the words plan. Uh, very few companies actually have anything like a marketing plan, let alone a business plan. And those that do really don't know what the hell it is. And so uh, what I use is the term D for design, meaning that to, to change up 
your concept of whatever a plan should be and instead convert it to a blueprint or if, if you will, a game plan, a step-by-step-by-step blueprint of how you're going to get from here to there. And on Friday, ladies and gentlemen, Mustafa is going to do his magic uh, relative to getting all of marketing literally condensed down into one single piece of paper. And so that's an, a, a, an idea of the uh, of converting a plan into a blueprint. And that's what you'll, he'll show you on Friday. You know, I was, I was thinking, uh, look, right before we started, I'm like, why do I like Bill so much? And, and, and I'm not joking. Uh, and, and I just refreshed in my mind that when we spoke, we literally spoke the same language when we were yes. connecting. And look, so I appreciate that. So D, I is for imagination or intention. D is for design. And then what does E stand for? Well, uh, uh, I is taking imagination and converting it to an intention. D is taking a fuzzy sort of a plan and converting it into a design. So E, e is very, very vital. Now, unfortunately, almost everybody has been taught the wrong stuff. And so uh, those of us that have employees, and, and in my case, when I had my investment bank, I had a, a, well over 120 of them. If people are taught that if you are busy, that's equal to being productive. And it's mm -hmm. the furthest thing from it. Yeah. So employees love to look busy because if they, they feel like if they aren't busy, then their boss is going to say, get busy. Uh, I remember when I was a, when I was a little kid, my grandmother who lived right next door, a wonderful situation. She lived right next door. And she used to say to me, uh, something would happen, whatever it would be. A cat would, 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 would claw some furniture and she'd say, Billy, do something about that. And I'd jump up and I'd look around the room and I, I'd get all startled and I'd take some action. Completely the wrong thing to do. She should have said something like, Billy, pay attention, notice the environment, think about what's happening and see if maybe there might be something you could do. So E stands for execution. It's completely the opposite of action. I, I teach my, my uh, clients to forget about action. We don't need any action whatsoever. All we need is the result. We mm -hmm. need to get things done. If they can get just literally one thing done a day, and if they can get their, their uh, employees or staff to get just one thing done today, and if it's the right thing, that execution will produce stunningly amazing results. So E is execution. I intention, D design, E execution. And A is? So A, uh, so uh, most businesses operate in sort of a cycle. So think about uh, uh, you've got a business, it's a million dollars. And at the end of this next year, 2022, we're going to be at two, 2 million. We're going to go from one to two. Get the one to two. And, and, and this is another enormous misunderstanding of, of, of business owners and all kinds of all people. They tend to think somehow or another things, uh, a business can grow seamlessly. You can start as a solopreneur and you just work it, work it, work it. And then you're doing seven figures and then you're doing eight and then you're doing eight 
eight, uh, uh, 12, uh, 12 figures. It doesn't work like that at all. Uh, businesses do not grow seamlessly. Uh, if you're a solopreneur, you're never going to be doing $2 million. I don't know anybody. I myself, when I, when I used to run my business by myself, I was a seven-figure solopreneur. I've got a couple of clients that are, but I don't know any eights. I'll get to what you have to do in the meantime. But the A stands for accelerate. And what that means, it's, it's, it's a time where you need to take a reflection to look at your current situation, determine where you are, at buckle onto it where you intend to get to over the next uh, period of time. And once you've got that together, it's time to assemble the resources that you need to get you into the next level. So mm -hmm. intention, design, ex uh, execute, and then accelerate, which is a time for refreshment uh, and reorganization and launching. Once again, Friday, you're going to learn how to put together a one-page marketing plan, which is part of the design for the, if you will, the entire company game plan. Appreciate That's you. Thank you. Thanks for the reminder. So. Um, similar to what you just said, um, uh, uh, without the imagination that can converts into an intention, if you, look, look, you would hear me say, if you don't have a goal, you would hear me say, it's impossible to achieve a goal that you don't have. <laughs> it's impossible to achieve a vision and an imagination that you don't have. So you have to sit down and get your imagination and intention straight and make it very clear and to the point. Next point, like you need to design a blueprint, like you said, to help you reach that intention and the imagination and the goal. And if you don't have it, uh, which most people don't, then it's going to be pretty hard. Uh, you know, like here's an example. People say, I want a hundred thousand dollars. Well, how are you going to get it? Oh, I don't know. I'm praying on it. <laughs> I prayed for 40 years. It didn't get me a hundred grand. Right. But it's like that the blueprint and the strategy and the step-by-step -step process, process, like you mentioned, that helps us get there. And again, like you said, we need to execute the designed blueprint. I know a lot right. of people that have a plan and do squat with it. It's like usually sitting somewhere collecting dust, either yeah. physical dust or digital dust. And uh, love your, your, love your, um, uh, acronym with accelerate that at some point dude you need to accelerate um no. bill i i heard in a book saying that uh, people try to accelerate when they reach uh, at the end of a decade in their age like in their 20s 30s 40s 50s all of a sudden they turn you know another decade comes to an end they're like uh oh oh I need to accelerate. <laughs> so. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, that's a little long to wait. I, I recommend it that we do this on sort of an annual cycle. This runs mm -hmm. through the entire idea once once a, a, a year or faster if you want to grow faster. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what happens, Mustafa, is a lot of uh, solopreneurs, let's start with solopreneurs. A lot of people will end up starting out in business that way. There are four things every business must have their requirements if you if if you don't have these four you're just somebody working for somebody else and and number one is you need to have a vehicle 
a vehicle to deliver the goods and services to the client. And that includes the marketing and advertising and selling and putting things on trucks or in the digital highway and get them to people. It's a, it's a vehicle. Number one, got to have a vehicle. Number two, you got to have a driver. You got to have somebody to operate the vehicle, somebody that day to day knows how to do all that stuff to get this vehicle moving down the, if you will, the digital or physical road to deliver the goods and services. Number three, you've got to have a crew. You've got to have a, 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 a people that will keep the vehicle running at a fine-tuned, well-oiled, smooth-running basis so it doesn't stumble and crash and not get there and, and create problems and chaos with the customers and so forth. And number four, you need an owner. You need somebody to own this whole thing. As a solopreneur, you get the, the gift of doing all four. You're the vehicle. I mean, literally... Many solopreneurs deliver with just high heels, but some might use a tricycle or a bicycle, but it's still a single person powered vehicle. And when people say to me, I can't grow my business, I say to them, you've got a single person powered vehicle. Nobody tells anybody that stuff. It, it, instead, they just, they, they, what I find the biggest mistake made by solopreneurs is investing in this vehicle over and over again. It's like somebody that's uh, that 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 has a perfectly fine bicycle that'll get them from A to B in a pretty good fashion. Let's say twelve miles an hour, but then they'll get convinced they need fancy wheels, the graphite wheels, and the, with so many ounces and you know, fewer spokes, and then this great uh, 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 drivetrain that's made by Shimano and this fantastic. And then it gave this great saddle and on and on. And pretty soon they got a $30,000 bicycle and they're still got a human powered vehicle delivering the goods and services. And then people say to me, I don't understand why I can't grow. And I said, well, you got a $50,000 bicycle at least. So, uh, but if you're going to grow, You've got to switch out these components. And uh, step one is you need a new vehicle. And, and, and mo for most people, it's something that I, if I'm using, can staying in the, the vehicle space, then it's going to be a, an automobile of some sort. It's got to be at least a broken down Honda, but something that allows you to have a few people with you and, and it goes a little faster. It maybe goes, oh, pick a number, 100 times, 50 times faster than the bicycle. It will deliver. Even if it's a crappy, ugly, rusted thing, your goods and services five to 10 times better. So instead of investing in your bicycle, switch to a automobile. So that's kind of one thing uh, that needs you to happen. Uh, and, and we've got, you know, we've got some other, if you will, growth stages, but that at least gives, I think, some of our smaller listeners, Mustafa, an idea of why they aren't able to grow because they haven't switched their vehicle out. So for what I gathered, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you just said is people are, are spending money on bells and whistles instead yeah. of getting an, an, an engine for their bike. There you go. Which could be could be driving the, the bicycle 
Oh, now they have like they have now a bicycle with let's say uh, aluminum rims yeah worth fifty thousand dollars but you still have to bust your butt and and pedal and someone else just spent 10 grand on an engine and their vehicle is running a lot faster and more efficient right. and now i'm still paddling up uh you know uphill and you know you know sweating and all that Hmm. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, uh, think about just a little. Uh, what do you call them? A Vespa. A Vespa scooter. It will get the job done much better than a fifty thousand dollar bicycle. The job meaning deliver the goods and services. That's the purpose of of the vehicle. Yeah. Absolutely. So give, give me uh, or give us some tips as to how to figure that out. As to here is an essential thing to invest in versus bells and whistles for business so like what are bells, bells and whistles for business what are some examples and what is essential to spend money on well so uh, for uh, uh, and look and you and i have friends that have these sort of things colleagues of ours uh, uh what uh, uh mustafa and i belong to a, a group of of collaborators and there was a, a, a question that came down the road, I think it was just last week, literally. And somebody asked, and most of them are solopreneurs, asked, you know, well, what's the best way, what's the best software to keep track of, uh, of our coaching hours and stuff? And I'm thinking, ah, interesting. That's a good example of a bell and a whistle. Now, if you happen to have a company that has yourself and five or six other coaches, Something like that would be, if as, using Mustafa's term, be like an engine. It's something pretty vital. But if you're a solopreneur, I think you can get by with an index card. But but when unfortunately, uh, the people selling uh, those kinds of softwares do it really well. And so they end up converting what would work great for somebody with a vehicle or with an automobile, but works terrible with, a, with if you will, with a bicycle. So that's one example. And uh, uh, if you look at, I don't know if you've had a chance to, I don't know if you remember the questions that were asked and stuff or not, but but if you look at those answers, you'll see that they're just a big bunch of list of bells and whistles. Oh yeah, okay. Another thing I had popped in my mind is I saw a guy working on the design of his business card, spending hours and days and so much money on it. I'm like, I don't even have a business card anymore. If you want me, search me on Google or on LinkedIn. Right. Let's connect and chat. Right. I'll send you a, my calendar link. But yes. um, but yeah, and, and I think you know. And the other, sorry, cut you off. Like I, I could have a very simple business card, and it will do the job. Precisely, uh, accurately. I saw somebody uh, that that showed a, a logo. Uh, it was on LinkedIn. I saw this, and somebody said, "Hey, they'd they'd spend a hundred dollars on Fiverr, and they had this logo." And then what do you what do you think of the logo? And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, is the logo? I don't know. I, I can't imagine that logo design is going to be something on your business uh, on your marketing plan for Friday. It, it it it's okay to have it, but it will not make a difference <laughs> at all. And uh, but unfortunately, you know, there in that case it was only fifty dollars, but it could have been five hundred. Or a thousand or five thousand. Uh, Mustafa, you and I see this stuff all the time, but people are totally misinvesting. 
and uh, and uh, they've got to realize that there are there are four things you have to have as a business owner, mm-hmm. which is specifically the vehicle, the driver, the crew, and the owner. And if you're a solopreneur, you're all four. But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you know, some of the clients I have have moved what I'll call the to the, if you will, the top phase. They have an entirely different business. It's got nothing to do with revenue. None of that stuff. It's just the way the business is owned. And I liken that to having a Formula One race car. If you've got a Formula One race car, believe me, that thing is much more capable of delivering the goods and services really quick, really quick. However, you'd be crazy if you thought you were going to be the driver. You need to have a Formula One driver instead. So when when people get to that point, it dawns on them, I shouldn't be driving this thing. I need a CEO or a chief operating officer and various things like that. Cause I don't want to touch this, this thing. Also, Absolutely. if they, when people get to that point, they realize they can't go to the local mechanics, uh, if you will, the local schools auto shop and get a crew for the Formula one car. It doesn't work. You've got to get a world class crew that can service that vehicle in, in 14.7 uh, seconds and get it back on the track. That is an a, a a crew as an A player. And then finally, people with that kind of a situation realize their job is only to be the owner, not to be the crew, not to be the driver, and certainly not to be the vehicle with the high heeled shoes. Absolutely. As you were just saying, the Formula One example, I've seen a lot of people that you know make some money. And there are videos of supercar failures where they buy some Lamborghini or Ferrari and they're not a Lamborghini driver. They get behind the wheel. And within, I've seen examples of the same day car crashes. Like they take over today and they crash a $200,000 car or half a million dollar car. The same day they come back crying. Oh my God. Like a five-year-old boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in fact, Mustafa, carrying on with the same idea. One of my clients... Uh, uh, a, f- a few years back, uh, uh, sold Italian sports cars. So Maseratis and Ferraris and things like that. So I asked him, I said, hey, David, David, what percentage of the people that buy cars from you can actually drive them? And he knew what I meant by drive them. It's just what you just said. Not turn them on and drive 100 yards, but drive them. And he said, less than one in 50. <laughs> Wow. Less than one in 50. Wow. Yeah. And then people say to me, Bill, how is it, how is it that uh, p- people that have a $500 million company still, still come to you and say, hey, Bill, I need, we need your help to double, triple, 10x our company. Why do they do that? They already have all of this going. Well, the truth is they've got, they've got something wobbling in their vehicle or their crew. I mean, they've got maybe a th- 3,000 employees, but if you look at them from a critical standpoint, maybe three or 4% are legitimate A players. The rest of them are just cannon fodder uh, and they're they're just filling up slots. Uh, But if you look at a company that's at at the apex, you're, you're, uh, oops, I see something went goofy, didn't it? What happened there? 
Oh, well, uh, uh, a piece of software in my end froze. So we're gonna do this and see if it works. Otherwise, I'm gonna switch cameras. Pro webcam connector camera. That's a yeah, good. That's, that's a piece of software on my end. It should it should resolve it. I've never had that happen ever before. If you click on that uh, cam uh, or cam and mic uh, option, it should yeah. uh, give you an option to uh, switch it. I'm going to. Here we go. We have now switched. All right, you're we back. I'm back. I'm back. And in a, in a, li a little different. Uh, hopefully, I'm squared away. No, you're looking good. <laughs> okay, that was that was fun. So, how long that was? Uh, how long did that happen for? Probably just a few seconds. Okay, good. Um, We're fine. We're fine. So we talked about companies. Uh, you were talking about massive companies that say five hundred million that you help, and uh, people were asking, "What's their problem? What what is what is it that they want or need that they don't have?" Right. And well, yeah, and it's 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 no. They may have, for example, gone beyond. Uh, I mean, they've realized that they shouldn't be using a bicycle or even a motorcycle, and they've got some sort of vehicle. But many of them. Uh, you know, the biggest problem I see when people finally graduate to that point is that they uh, insist on being the driver. So when you insist on being the driver, uh, you're the one that's behind the wheel. You're the one determining the speed. Uh, you're the one making all the decisions, deciding to go left, right, and so forth and so on. The rest of your company is sitting in the vehicle with you. You're dragging them along. They're they're yeah. dependent on you. And, mm -hmm. and the truth of the matter is, and the best way I can put this is even if this vehicle's a bus there's a limit to how much really you can you can do with that situation so at least what we need to do is i need to teach people how to extract themselves out of the driver's seat and put somebody else in there that's more capable when they are able to do that they are starting to gravitate towards being a uh an owner sent uh, an, an owner business which is team centric so when somebody's in that position mustafa i call that a a boss centric business everything goes through the boss and that's just another example of a of a of a barrier of a limit to people and they get there and they don't understand it because we've been over this a couple of times all of us were taught, maybe intentionally, that the, 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 the path to success is to work harder and harder and struggle and try and expand your eight hours to 10 hours to 12. Why stop at 12? Go to 24. And why stop at five days? Go to seven. And then people, and then they do that and they realize all they've done is wear themselves out and they've not gotten any place. That's why I keep saying seasoned. People understand and come to me and pay me thousands of dollars a month to help them because they realize that they've gotten to some place where they are stuck. Maybe it's 10 million a year. Maybe it's 100,000 a year. But there's yeah. always a reason. So uh, figure out the reason. Change out, modify, replace, whatever is necessary. And that kind of goes through this acceleration phase that I talked about. I'm really, I'm typically the person that's identifying that and resetting all the dials and getting people launched on a new path. And that applies to little bitsy micro companies, solopreneurs, all the way up to people with thousands of employees. 
but it's always the same thing. And that is IDEA. Once we get those identified and operating smoothly on an ongoing basis, there's no limit to how fast uh, uh, people can grow. Literally now, I've got a handful of private clients. All of my private clients, 100%, had record years last year. Some of you may remember we had pandemic last year. Many people shut down everything. Almost every government shut down everything. Many people have been taught to uh, to play the hand you, you, you're dealt. Play the hand you're dealt. Deal with the circumstances. I reject all that stuff. I reject, frankly, almost everything that's taught to business owners by business schools, schools, consultants, business books, all of that. Because it's all designed for the middle. If you think about, you know, I talked about these pennies, shiny pennies and things like that. Those are sold to people in the middle of the industry. No, no, nobody with it with a, a company in the top one, two percent, even a, even a somebody that's a solopreneur and they're making a million dollars, they don't buy those kind of things. They don't invest in logos and business cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of <clears throat> growing during the pandemic and how fast people could grow, what is what are some of the most important things that business owners can do and must focus on to maximize their productivity? So actually, you kind of mentioned it earlier uh, when, when you said focus on the vital few and ignore the trivial many. Uh, and, and a lot of people really have difficulty with that uh, because because it's easy to, to say, oh, yeah, I understand the 80-20 rule. I understand that. Well, that's almost a container word. Some people don't know what it is. But, but what it is, it says that, and it's proven over and over and over and over again, that 20% of the inputs produce 80% of the output. So if you can figure out what the 20% of the inputs are, let's call that effort or work or goals or whatever, uh, uh, and, and focus your time there, you'll get 80% of the output. Now, nothing wrong with 80%. You can, you can, you can double, triple, 10x your business pretty well, getting 80% of the stuff done all the time. But I take it a couple levels further. Uh, now, so I embrace the 80-20 rule, but the best thing you can do is, you, is take what I call Pareto to the third power. Now, Pareto didn't invent the 80-20 rule. He had a different thing. A guy named Joseph Duran invented that deal. But Pareto to the third power simply says, do 80-20 two more times. Mm-hmm. So 20% equals 80%. But if we do it again, and, and, and I say to people, what's most people can do this math. What's 20% of 20? Two times two is four. Right. 4% of the input produces... Okay, let's do it over here. 80%. So let's take 80% of 80 or 8 times 8. That's 64. Telling us that 4% of our inputs, effort, produces 64% of the output. Yep. So that's pretty cool. That's time. If you can figure out the 4%, then you'll get 64% of stuff done. That's almost two-thirds. Mm-hmm. And then Pareto to the third power. So let's do it one more time. People have hard with this, hard time with this one. Four percent. If you take, if you take, <clears throat> excuse me, twenty percent of four, it's 0.8. Oh, let's round it up. It's one. So one percent of your effort 
produces 80% of 64. So 80% of 64, geez, crunch, crunch, crunch. It's about 52 point something. So let's call it 50%. So one input produces half the output. So the best thing that people can do is figure out the most vital thing to do every single day and do it. You'll get half the stuff you intended to get done. Candidly, if that's all you did and go home and you get half your work done, okay, that's a pretty good deal. So uh, I work very hard on teaching my clients, whether they're a private client, some of the ones I've identified or people that are in, in my community, people in the community, I teach them, let's figure out the 1% and get that done. On Friday, that's exactly, people say, how in the world can Mustafa get a whole marketing plan on one piece of paper? Because he's running that exercise and getting it all distilled down. So he's got these a little, little super valuable things on that list and getting those things done. Believe me, business cards won't make the cut. Logos won't make the cut. Uh, investing in Infusionsoft when you're a solopreneur won't make the cut. Having a CRM when you're a solopreneur won't make the cut. Wonder. All those things are completely uh, wonderfully attractive and work well if you got a, uh, at least an automobile or a Formula One car, but not when you're a solopreneur. So don't keep investing in your little business. Switch it out. Switch it out. Add, as Mustafa just told us, add an engine. I appreciate the shout out. Um, I, the 80-20 principle changed my life for the better. Yeah. I actually yeah. I actually created a course on how to apply it because I come across people. I'm like, do you know 80-20? They're all like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it. Like, have you applied it? Uh, uh, uh. I think only 1% of people that know the 80-20 actually apply. The yeah, that's right. Um, so very interesting very interesting very interesting. great i call it pareto to the third power the by the third. way i do it every single day so uh, i'll give people a little uh, a little insight and i know we're wrapping up we've got about nine minutes to go here so a little insight is this every day i go through this exercise it's easy to do i, rec I recommend you do it and you simply say uh you want to look at today or yesterday you can either do it in the morning or the evening so Let's pretend that we'll do it in the evening. So based on everything that I did today, everything that I did today, am I closer to or further away from my intention, a.k.a. my vision? Am I closer to? And, and the answer is binary. Don't beat yourself up. There's no value in that. Just simply answer it. Because the next question is the most vital. And that is, what is the most vital thing I can do tomorrow that takes me the furthest way down the road towards my intention, mm -hmm. which began as a vision. And every day I do that. So every single day, I know absolutely the one thing that is the most vital thing to do. Now, do I always get it done? No. Does something get in my way sometimes? Yeah. I just go through the same exercise. Am I closer to or farther away? Okay, I got it. What's the most vital next day? And I have that pattern going on and on and on. I used to have all of my employees do the same thing. And I would ask them when I see them, what's the most vital thing for you today? And they better have an, an answer that had an impact of at least half of the stuff they needed to get done that day. 
because we've just been through Pareto third power. One thing is worth half the stuff you're going to do tomorrow. So get that one thing done. Absolutely. And, and I asked that question as well. The one question, right? Some days my answer is nothing today. What do you, what do you say to that? Oh, I love the nothing today. In fact, uh, one of the one of my Mustafa's uh, thanks for this. He's setting me up, so he knows that one of my graduation ceremony. People say, "Well, how, if people ever graduate with you, yeah." Sometimes people are with me for ten years or more. Yes, that's true. But what's the graduation ceremony? I call it make the coffee management. It's a, it's at the point when the company looks at you and they say, "Hey, Alice, what brings you here today?" And you say, "I'm here to make the coffee." So that's the same thing that Mustafa just told us. And that is, yeah, doing nothing at all uh, is a super vital thing. And so I have a client, he's 42 years old. Uh, he's got a $15 million business. And here we are in December. He's going on his fourth rally, rally meaning he and a bunch of crazy people are driving, uh, in his case, Porsches uh, on, a, on a 500 mile trip called a rally. Why can he do that? Because he's decided, as Mustafa just said, there's nothing vital for him to do in the business today. His company, his employees are doing fantastic. They're all A players. They're all producing. They're all executing. They're all producing results. That's time to, if you will, he's not going to sell his business yet. He's only 42 years old, but it's, it's time to, okay, nothing more. I've done it all. I've got this thing set up. It's humming. I'm the owner. I can do what I want. And sometimes it could be like taking a break, <clears throat> giving myself space to for my brain to open up and the rest of it. Or you have set it up so beautifully that you would do everyone a favor by just stepping out. I'm sure, you know, most of the time we need to get the owner out of the way so the business could actually grow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just sit there, do nothing, and let us do the job and grow the business? <laughs> 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 so, Bill, tell us about your gift, um, um, the CEO. So, uh, uh, we've got it teed up on the uh, on the uh, screen there. Uh, it's a long path to get there, but but really, it's it's a two stage gift. So, I mentioned earlier that the vast majority of my clients are in my community called CEO Alliance. And fundamentally, what that's all about is helping uh, business owners of all shapes and sizes. Most of them are solopreneurs or what I call solopreneurs with staff, one or two people. And what we do there, I act as like the general practitioner. Think about, you know, if you woke up in the morning, you had all kinds of aches and pains. You're unlikely to want to go to a proctologist just in case you guessed right. You'd likely go to a general practitioner, a family doctor, if you will, and say, I got aches and pains. What do you think I should do? Well, that's the role I have formed inside the alliance for our members, helping them figure out what the next tactical thing to do is inside the alliance. So what the gift is, is it's actually two gifts. One. So the, the alliance is $1,500 a year or 150 a month. So gift one is if you decide it's good for you, then you're going to get out a 40% discount compliments of Mustafa. And two, you're going to get two weeks free to decide if it's for you or not. So gift one is two weeks free. Take a look around. If you like it, 
a gift cash in gift gift to which is a 40 percent discount by the way that discount lasts lifetime as long as you're a member of the alliance you get the 40 uh, discount love it love it love it love it so gang uh, if you're in uh, uh bill can you elaborate a little more on what the co alliance actually does yeah so uh so it's a it's it's an alliance envision a, ma a mastermind group and it's composed of of uh small to medium-sized business owners together with subject matter experts, uh, people that have capabilities to help you at any point in time solve the most pressing vital business problem. So that's what the Alliance is. And to get that all done, we do have a variety of things. Uh, it's, it, it's a five-day-a-week kind of, it's open 24-7, but uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we've got something happening. For example, one of the things people are just amazed at, one of my colleagues uh, has a, a service called Read It For Me. It's a $500 annual uh, product, and we get it for free. So everybody inside the Alliance gets that same thing, $500 value for free. I think that comes out on Tuesdays. On Thursdays, we have a live event. One of our subject matter experts, sometimes it's me, uh, we talk about a, a topic, whatever the topic may be for the week. We do that 52 times a year. Uh, every, uh, every Wednesday, uh, I introduce a, 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 a mini course. It's a, it's a short course about a certain topical thing, some of which we touched on today, for example. Uh, and then... Uh, Inside, this is kind of a magical thing. There are actually small mastermind groups within the overall CEO Alliance. For example, if your current emphasis is on, let's say, on copywriting, there's a there's a roundtable inside to help you become a, a better writer of marketing copy and copy and so it's Sounds a very like very feature rich rich uh, membership Thanks so this is a co alliance is a mastermind membership where gang you would get a two-week free trial and you get a 40 percent discount uh bill absolutely knows what he does i i i back up and and i'm along with every every thought that he has with running a business essentialism 80 20 he he gets the the uh what was the, the term we used earlier tribal trivial few okay yeah so 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 simplifying uh the uh the Pareto third power is this focus on the vital few and ignore the trivial many trivial it's amazing men. how valuable ignoring the bs noise for example ignore the fact that there's a pandemic going on if you let that get in your way, you're not going to double, triple your business yeah. this year. Yeah, absolutely. So hanging out with like-minded entrepreneurs who are working and focus on growing their business is vital. If yes, you hang absolutely. out with your cousin and your brother-in-law and people who have absolutely no clue what you're doing, they don't, they're not business people, it will slow you down. By hanging out with amazing people like Bill and his crew will you, it's like when you hang out with those people, you have no, 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 nothing else to do but becoming smart. Like just by <laughs> hang, and I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. Like you hang out with smart people. Eventually you become smart, smarter, even if you're trying to ignore everybody.
That's because true. That's as, true. As our mutual friend Jay Fissette says, the environment always wins. <laughs> so if you're in a good environment, the environment will win. So go out there, uh, get access to that, and uh, try it out. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Now, um, I know we're pressed for time, but let we me. We are. Ask. We are. Well, I have a. I have a client banging on my door right now. All right. On well, my digital. On my digital door. I really appreciate you, your time. Thank you very much. And uh, gang, uh, I appreciate you joining us. If you're watching or listening, make sure you uh, claim Bill's gift, uh, the CEO Alliance, hang out with him and his crew and, uh, you know, reach out if you have questions. The guy has years and years of knowledge, expertise, wisdom, and the rest of it. So you can uh, uh, be confident that he will help you in a good way. And again, uh, the training, the complimentary masterclass on how to create your one page marketing plan is coming up this Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, go to the link persia.com forward slash simple, sign up, and we'll see you there. Tiny, thank you for joining us. And as usual, make sure to like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel you are watching. If you have any questions for me or Bill, put them in, a chat, in, a, in the comments and tag a friend who could benefit from the conversation that we just had. Thank you. Have a great day. And we will Thanks see you on. later. Thank you, Bill.